Welcome to episode 287 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Get.fitter.training to find out why any programmer with an eye for growth and business is moving platform to Fitter. White label it to your own brand, use an app, build a community with chat and leaderboard, and you can use benchmarks and so much more as well. Whoop have brought out a stress monitoring and muscle strain in a series of updates over the last month or so. Now you can watch your stress spike when you realize how bad your recovery is and lose recovery by stressing over your stress. It's fun. Join.whoop.com forward slash CPW for what is sincerely an incredible bit of kit. GoWad are offering a free trial. You can download the app and register, do the mobility test and have their entire library of protocols tailored toward your areas of weakness. Simple. Then do the stretches. Not so simple, but they're scalable. So it's simple again. The news with LSKD, Sarah Sigmund's daughter has joined LSKD after trying out the gear thanks to Kat Van Zeel and Wadapalooza. She was floored by the fit and the feel and now it's officially official. And she'll be decked out in the finest apparel on the market in Berlin next month. If you want to try it for yourself, you can go to lskd.co to see what all the fuss is about. Madrid Challenger Series qualifiers are live. They have all new categories, RX Duo, Masters 80 Duo, the combined age must be over 80, Elite Duo and Elite Individual. All duo teams are mixed sex, and for elite duo and indie, you must have qualified for quarterfinals through the Open. Registration is open now and closes next Monday, and the event will take place in Madrid, November 24th to 26th. They're promising new scoring format and higher prizes at Madrid Challenger Series on Instagram, and you can search the event on arena.wadbuster.com. Over €21,000 in prizes, so get going. Veiki Etzebeth is raising funds for Salvation Army this Friday with an ERG nightmare. For 12 hours from 7am this Friday, he will row 2.4 kilometers, ski 2 kilometers, and bike 4 kilometers every hour. You can help him raise funds for the Salvation Army with money going towards school lunches, people struggling financially with running a family or a home, and bills and emergency assistance. Veiki is going to struggle alone on the ergs to help others struggling alone. At Veiki Etzebeth to follow along and to donate. Today's guest is Carlos Bound. Carlos is one of the dons of media in the CrossFit space. He works with HWPO, Mayhem, Blenders, LSKD, Tiert, Rattloff, just a few quick ones. He also manages social media pages for brands and runs his own media business. We chat about the media and its role in CrossFit, how he got his start, and why he intends to remain approachable to people that are starting out. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Does Wi-Fi or anything? Okay, we're live. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I had a... Oh, wow, there's a very nice car outside my house. It's not mine, anyway. What's going on? Oh, she was at the wrong house, obviously. Oh, the people next door. Somebody bought the house next door to us. So I'd say it must be that woman. It's She's got one of those, like, soccer mom cars, you know, the mm. unnecessary Jeep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're going driving in the desert? No, just to get some groceries yeah um stormy yeah it was uh it was weird here um i did a workout earlier on after work and it was uh um calories and run like three or four rounds of 20 calories and you had to run 200 meters in between and then 30 calories you had to run 300 and then 400 and i stopped it just started like really lightly raining when i stopped and it pissed down for about yeah. 45 minutes afterwards like real heavy rain and there was no it wasn't forecasted dude I, I mean i live in florida it rains out of nowhere every 30 minutes and then stops for like two hours it looks beautiful and then rains again so i mean right now it's storming i don't know if you can hear the the rain no no okay cool 
Okay, that means the mic's um, good. We had a. That was one of the funny things. So I, so I was in Miami for Waterpalooza, and um, on the last day, everyone was in like hoodies and like jeans and shit. And um, Travis was there as well. And um, heck yeah, I was like in shorts, t-shirt. I was like, Man, oh, dude, I, I was I was freezing in Miami. I, had I was like, like, it is so hot. And everyone's like, oh, it's so cold. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's so cold. Obviously, that's what I mean. <laughs> I think I had like two hoodies, like sweatpants. I was freezing. There was I mean, one period of, uh, was it on the, on one of the nights, maybe it was the night before that. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, it's actually cold. Yeah. Like, I kind of understood, you know, what people say about like, oh, like it's hot in the day in the desert and then it's cold at night. I've never really had any kind of reference for that. But I was like, it actually is properly cold when it's nighttime. Yeah, and it's it's really not normal in Miami to have that kind of weather. Um, maybe I mean every five years it gets like really cold during the winter, but I mean not that wasn't really. cold though. That wasn't that cold for Miami. Yeah, that's probably as really? cold as it gets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami's like, like that. <laughs> that was like an Irish summer. It's May here, and I was like that. Yeah. That it was nicer then than it is here now. Dude, um, no, I think I think that's as. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get much more cold than that. I, I still live in Florida, but I live in the Northwest, uh, yeah. close, closer to the Alabama border. And dude, it can get, I mean, it gets really cold here. I think like six years ago, it um, snowed a little bit in Florida. So is that like a big deal? Oh, dude, I mean, when I'm talking about snow, it, it, it was like for like five minutes and everybody oh, was, was like freaking that, out. That, like, is, is that, is it, no, it's not, is it that kind of snow? Where you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a sleet, yeah. is it snow? Is it going to stick? Is it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. for Florida, everybody was freaking out. I mean, last time was in like 1980s, and then, <laughs> yeah, we had, um, oh, I'll convert it so you can understand why it's so unimpressive. We had, um, our hottest day of the year last summer was 86 degrees. That's the hottest, 86 Fahrenheit. That's the hottest, yeah, in like. 40 years or something <laughs> like i mean here's that's like normal weather over here and it, yeah. i mean at, at the same time it's so humid that it feels like 100 it's it could be 85 and it just so humid that it just it's not good uh, but i remember yeah. in uh in madison like they have those steel seats yeah, like outside of the games and like you just couldn't sit in them <laughs> like if you're there in the morning you could stay seated but if you like went to the bathroom and came back you were burning your butt cheeks on the seats yeah travis says miami was hot and rest i mean it was hot they uh they won and then it was cold that's just florida overall like it can be 101 day and the, the day after you wake up and it's like 36 40 where, and then it backs to 100 where you're pensacola yeah, yeah. that's why literally do, why do northwest Northwest Pensacola Beach Pearl, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, the it's a military town, pretty much. Um, the Blue Angels are here. I don't know if you know anything about the Blue Angels, the Navy Jets. No, no, <laughs> I figured, but <laughs> but it's it's polite to ask, at least. it's polite, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's Pensacola, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you zoom out, you'll see it's literally the border from. So yeah, so it's right oh, okay. there. So Miami's all the oh, way down the bottom, right. right? It's about a oh, ten yeah, hour, okay. ten hour drive from Miami here. Okay, yeah. Yep. Pensacola. How do you say that name? Mobile. 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 Yeah, Mobile. Mobile. Okay. 
Yeah, so if I drive about 30 minutes, uh, 40 minutes, I'm already mobile. Um, about 15 minutes, I'm in the border with Alabama. So that's yeah. where that's where the first portable telephone was invented. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so the games was supposed to be just a couple hours north from here, uh, Birmingham, whenever they were saying that it was going to be in Birmingham. Yeah, whenever Morning Chalk upset it. Yeah. <laughs> And nobody else, yeah. Um, I did you see that the semifinals? Um, they're tendering for semifinals now. People are saying it'd be funny if, uh, or it'd be good if Alabama went for it. Um, what's Travis saying? I went to Miami from Nebraska, leaving winter weather. The weather was not what I signed up for. Yeah, okay. He was expecting like a sun holiday. See, yeah. I feel like I got a sun holiday, but he probably gets nice summer weather in summer. So he's comparing it to his nice summer weather, whereas I was comparing sure. it to it pissed down for twenty five minutes earlier on in and it's may like yeah, yeah so yeah apples and oranges um so you are you from pensacola originally no i was born in venezuela i lived there for 17 years so grew up there uh well actually i moved to the states about a month before i turned 18 so i mean you could you could say 18 years i lived there i moved to orlando area between okay. orlando and miami for about a year uh in 2011 and then 2012, I moved to Pensacola. So I've been here for over 10 years, about 11 years. Um, and why did you leave Venezuela? Um, I mean, the main reason why was because I used to play golf like at a high level, and I wanted to get a golf scholarship to play here. So once I finished high school, I moved to Miami. Yeah, there you go, Venezuela. I moved to, sorry, producing, Orlando. Producing my own show. Uh, for about... <laughs> I moved to Orlando for about six months and Miami six months. I was just playing tournaments all over the country just to, um, you know, get some exposure. Some coaches can see me. And then I got a scholarship to play at West Florida, which is in Pensacola. Is golf big in Venezuela? Not really. No, I'm How from- How did you Car end up playing golf? I'm from Caracas right there, the capital, which is the top okay. in the north right there. Yeah. Uh, my dad, my dad was a big golf guy. Um, I mean, we still have good level of golf. Um, I think, uh, yeah, dude, actually, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. They could, do with, they could do with a bit of grass. <laughs> they could do with a little bit of grass. <laughs> Don't get much rain in Venezuela, no. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool, though. And so was your dad, did your dad play golf himself? Uh, yeah, he played, he played a lot of golf. Um, well, he played tennis both of his life up until he was like, in his 40s and then he started playing a lot more golf and and i don't know that's just the sport i like to play with him i mean i grew up playing tennis soccer we call it football over there obviously yeah you call it you call <laughs> and, it by its right name that's yeah right. and but i was really big into tennis and golf those were my two sports until i was like 14 uh maybe 13 and my dad is like well okay you gotta choose if you want to be really good at one sport you gotta choose between tennis or golf or anything else you want to do and I think I like tennis a little more, but I, I never won a tennis tournament like in my life. I will, <laughs> I will play. I mean, I liked it, but I never won a tennis tournament. And I will be, I, I mean, I was a pretty good golfer. I'll win a lot of the junior tournaments I will play. And then I was like, ah, oh, probably if I want to be good at one sport, I'll play the one that I'm actually winning tournaments. And But I, I was really passionate about golf since, I mean, there's photos of me when I was four years old. Uh, I saw you shared when the... Um... When it was it when Scott with HWPO? I show you you shared something with your a picture of your you and your dad or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I if I, I was if I was really good, I'd go and find that picture now. But I mean, I'm, yeah. I've already shared screen twice. I'm not doing it a third time. <laughs> yeah. um, is uh so if you if you're 
here, if you live in Ireland, I assume it's the same in America, and you play golf or tennis, if they're your first two sports, um, you're probably in a high income family if you're playing if they're your first two sports. Is it the same in Venezuela or is it more like readily accessible? I mean you could you could say that it's um definitely like it's not a cheap sport. So yeah. you need to um I was looking up that my my dad uh did good. He was a civil engineer and he had some big projects. So obviously he had access to a country club that I was able to go. Uh, but yeah, it's it's actually really hard. There's a lot of um, foundations in Venezuela that they're helping kids that don't have too many resources to play golf. And, you know, like the uh, Venezuelan Federation and some other organizations are helping just to like grow the sport, which mm. is really awesome. And yeah, we, we actually have good level of uh, junior golf uh, up until college. When it comes to professional golfers, I feel like most have struggled. Uh, there is one on tour right now, which his name is Jonathan Vegas. Johnny Vegas, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's pretty good. He's won three times on, on tour. There's a British comedian called Johnny Vegas, and there's no way it's oh, the really? same person. Because no. <laughs> this guy is, like, really overweight. He's like, <laughs> it's not. It can't be the same person. Um, Nick says, well, Nick misspelled my name. That's so weird. It's P-E-T-E-R. Nick oh, yeah. For next time. I'm here yeah, he, Carlos. He's spelled, voice. Yeah. <laughs> I misspelled my name. So weird. Yeah. That's such an easy name to spell as well. Um, and Travis is wondering if you're going to be. You are at Beach Brawl, aren't yeah. you? In September. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's, is um, oh yeah. There you go. I will be fall, fall, isn't it? That's the fall version. Yeah, that's the big event. Um, it hosts about 1,500 athletes, I believe. Jeez. And it's yeah, yeah. It's pretty big. I think this is the 11th year. Yep. That's pretty impressive. Um, and Jamie is wondering. Are you going to compete oh, yeah, again? That's my homie. Uh, <laughs> uh, if he's talking about CrossFit, probably never again. I, I always joke about my my last competition CrossFit. It was in 2019. I did the Navarre Beach Watt Fest. Maybe Jamie was there. And I won the competition, RX. And I haven't competed since. So I'm just saying. Out, that, out you know, of a high. Yeah, 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 I retired after after winning. So, so do, do you ever compete at CrossFit? No, I completed that. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> I won, won my last comp and completely retired. Um, I was looking at your website earlier on, um, Bowen Media, and thanks do you for do, saying it right. Do you why what what do other people say? Bone, bone or brown? Yeah, oh, yeah, brown. Yeah, I just assumed it was brown without the or, so it was Bowen. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, is uh, do you do all? Is that all you, or do you have like a team, or is that all you? I have some ten ninety nine contractors that help me out with some of the shooting, but I will say ninety. 97% of the stuff, it's it's me. Because um, it says, so some of the stuff is listed, right? So weddings. Okay, I've seen you post wedding stuff before. I accept that. Um, <laughs> pets, family, babies. Like, do you do all those things? Yeah. Yeah, that's that me. Be... Uh, it, it just, it just, it's pretty much under the same umbrella of like family shoots. So if um, nowadays I do it a lot less, it's mostly like my friends or like friends of friends that want family photos. Or something like is that. that. Not, is that not really lucrative though? Is that like a, not a really easy way to make money? Because people, like if you say, um, from my experience, having gotten married and having had like babies, if you are buying something and just put the word wedding or baby in yeah. front of it, it like triples the price. It's like, oh, I want to get my picture taken. Okay, what's it for? Baby. It's like, right, yeah, it well, just, I'll just add a zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It actually is. That's probably one of the reasons why I did a lot in the past. Uh, I'm lucky that nowadays I don't I don't really have to grind that many yeah. jobs that I'm I'm not fully passionate about. 
Um, I still do it again, mostly for like friends and families. If they're like, hey, you know, I just had a kid or um, I'm probably doing maybe two to three weddings this year. And it's about the same thing. Just people that I know really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say but, it's really stressful though doing a wedding, is it? Because like there's, I know at a competition, at a, like at a CrossFit event or like a big event, you're probably worried you're going to miss like a moment. You know, like I'm thinking of like Annie's snack or you know you're, you're afraid, like you don't want to miss those bits and then at a wedding it's like there's a shitload of stuff you could miss and like oh, yeah. so many of those little moments yeah no the weddings i mean um people see it that we charge a lot for a day of shooting but in reality it comes with i mean a month of planning at least you gotta uh, meet plan in advance just make sure everything's said you set up a uh a, a meeting with the event planner if they have one like a wedding planner that way you go through everything exactly how it's going to go. That way you don't miss anything. And uh, most of the time I also have a second shooter with me for weddings. Yeah. If that's something that the couple wants and that helps a lot. But yeah, it's super stressful. You have to talk to people a lot. You pretty much always, you know, having to, you, you always have a conversation with somebody planning something, running back and forth. So the day after a wedding, I'm beat up, dude. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's tiring. And I like it though. I, I think that it, I, I feel like I have, I connect with people really fast, like with brides and stuff, even if I haven't made, made um, met them before. So I like that. I just feel like, um, I mean, not trying to say like something that sounds cocky, but I feel like I'm good. I'm good at, uh, you're, communicating you're, telling with you, you're telling us that you flirt with brides on their wedding day. That's no, what that sounded like. Absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe with the bridesmaids, but no, <laughs> no just kidding. But yeah, I just I, I like it. It's it's something that if I ever have to go back and do it more often, I don't. It's not like I will hate my life doing it. I just I'm just in a different spot in my life right now that I really don't don't feel like doing weddings right now. Hmm. Did you see uh, Mikey Aldridge? Carlos is the man. Did you see Savan showing his video the other day? Of who? Uh, Mikey made a video of Emmett McQuaid, and mm. uh, Savan showed it again. I mean, I could go and get it. <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you so much, Mikey. I appreciate it. He's so he's Irish. But he's really good. I don't know why I said he's Irish first, as if it's like it could, the two things couldn't be possible. He's Irish, but he's really good. Yeah. Um, no, he is actually really good. You should uh, go and look his page. He's very good. Yeah, I've, but, I've um, seen Mike's work before. He um, Savan showed his video, um, and it was like him, Taylor, and Brian Friend, and Jor was like dipping in and out because his internet was bad or something. But it was funny. They were just like orgasming <laughs> watching like it's cool it's cool to you, see you've been on his spot huh i mean sorry yeah no you, he's been mm, on yours no he's been on mine and i was almost on his before Wadapalooza, but then they could only fit a certain amount of people on the screen at a time or something so they cut half us and i was an obvious i was an easy choice to cut <laughs> how was that um, having having savannah your pot yeah it was good uh i think i was kind of nervous the first time, the first time, I think he was nervous as well, but he just like launched into like talking about racism and stuff. And I was like, oh, gosh, oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, where, I was like, man, I don't really know if I have enough intellect or knowledge to like either agree with you or argue with you on any of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the whole thing here in America, it's a lot different too than like if you're not, if you don't live here, you don't really know what's happening. Yeah, well, I think we only really have maybe like third generation now of like non-Caucasian Irish people or whatever in the country. Um, so like we're 
you know, like decades behind when it comes to any kind of racial issues, really, I think. But then it, there's obviously similarities, but fuck, I'm not getting into race. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the first time he came on, I let him, I just kind of felt like I like just pulled a string on his back and he just talked. And then I was kind of like, no, I was like, I'm not getting involved because I don't oh, know no. enough to answer or question or anything. So, um, and it was, I think, was it at the start of COVID then as well? And we were talking about that as well. And I was like, again, man, I really not, I not educated enough to talk about this. Um, then the second time I felt it was a lot more of a level playing field. Not th- like that I felt intimidated the first time, but I think there was more of a mutual respect the second time. So it was an easier conversation because he was kind of willing to just chat and not be like, he, his his guard wasn't up, I think. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. But he's good. He's geez, he's an interesting guy. He's like seriously successful as well. Yeah, very interesting dude. Um, so yeah, you do baby pictures. Um, <laughs> I really, I really they... don't do baby <laughs> pictures, but it's something I've done in the past. Yes. Are they like the newborn ones where you wrap them up and put some costumes on them and stuff, or is it like a, a mom, dad, and the baby in the middle? All of it, from oh, from the babies. Actually, I did. Um, my friend Josh, one of my good friends. Um, I, I've taken I've taken their photos. This family, um, their last name is Zeller. So the whole family, I've taken photos of them since the moment they got married until their first dog to when she got pregnant, their first baby, wow. second baby. So I that's pretty much the families I keep doing stuff for. And my one of my friends, Josh, from the same family, he just had a kid like a month ago. So I went to his house and took some photos, like you know, baby wrapped up and that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it's guaranteed work as well because if you've done all of that stuff and then if there's ever a funeral you know they're going to call you oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> but you've done all the other life moments we can't yeah. leave them out now it is um, pretty cool though that like every time I go to their house now like every like the whole like the walls oh, yeah, it's full yeah. of my photos so it's just kind of cool to you know go back and see some of those photos Um, when did you first start training crossfit or how did you do how did you did it did work did like photography into crossfit or was it crossfit and then you started taking pictures no so um one of my best friends used to do crossfit a lot and he will tell me all the time like yo let's let's do crossfit you're gonna love it um the classic the classic crossfit yeah (laughs) Yeah, i i was i was in college at that point i was still in college golf it was my senior year of uh, college golf and i'm like ah maybe maybe after i'm done uh, but it, it was something that he kept telling me. And I remember seeing on YouTube, like CrossFit something. And I watched some of like the the YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, this is sick. And then I went and watched, I think it was uh, the 2015 games documentary uh, by Heber and Mars, you know, like yeah. uh, the CrossFit one. And I was like, dude, this is freaking awesome. I have to like do more research on this. Like I loved it. And then I found all the rich fronting videos, like the, um, what's rich doing. And I literally watched those. Like, I think it was like a full week. I just watched all his videos and I started going to the normal gym at my university doing like emoms and stuff without actually knowing what cross it is. But I like the emoms that rich was doing like the power cleans three every minute for 10 minutes until one day I called my friend. I'm like, Hey dude, okay, I actually want to go to a gym and learn what's this. And that was, um, sep- no, that was the beginning of the year in 2016. So in February 16. And so you, it was a business management. Is that what you did in university? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bis- business management, minor in marketing, and then I got an MBA, master's in business administration. And uh, were you taking pictures, doing videos at that stage? Like, was this from a childhood thing or is it an adult 
No, I I don't think I'm sorry, my dog's barking. That's all right. It's probably gonna happen a couple of times. No, I, I actually think being a, a camera person, um, it it was never a plan. It was something that it happened. Um, it's kind of one of those like skills that you find you find out in the middle of your life that you're like, Oh, I can actually do this. Like I have a I have some sort of skills, like uh, a talent to this. But yeah, no, I never did it. I I mean, obviously, for fun, I will grab GoPro. I was always interested in the whole, like, video editing. Every time we had, like, some sort of project in college that's like, hey, we got to record some stuff and, like, uh, put in, like, a presentation. I was the one that I'm like, oh, I'll do it. So I had, like, a GoPro and stuff, but it was never it was never a part of it until uh, when I was doing my master's. I was a teacher assistant for social media marketing and digital marketing. And... And it was something that really interests me. So the moment I was done with that, with my MBA, or before I was done with my MBA, um, I was at the gym at Make Athletics. That's the gym I go to, so I CrossFit affiliate. And they had a camera, but they didn't have anybody to take photos. They just the gym just bought a camera. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I want. like they needed a business advisor. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like we just bought a camera. What are you yeah. gonna do with it? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> they had like a like a I don't know. It was like a D eighty Canon. I think that's a name. I don't know. One of those like DSLRs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, well, I, I I'll take some photos for you guys. It was maybe one of the opens, and and I was already helping them with social media because I was kind of like the path I was going for. And uh, one of the guys I was there kind of knew how to set up a camera. He set up for me. I started taking photos, and I was like, oh, I'll do this every week. I come here, like I I like it, and I'll use them to post on social media. So just taking photos like that, and I think I bought my first camera, and right after that, I finished my MBA, and I decided that I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to open my own business, which it's Bound Media. That's when I opened in 2018, so about five years ago. And it started as a full social media marketing management service uh, mm. business. So I had clients that they wanted full social media management marketing that was kind of like my my expertise area, and I will use photography as like a you know as an add-on that they didn't have to spend extra money on that. Like, hey, yeah. we do everything in house. I do the content creation, I do the posting, I do the marketing, you know, and it, like everything. So it's kind of like um, you know, usually you have to outsource to all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, if I get really good at this, they can just use me for everything. And I got super obsessed with like learning how to actually work camera not putting like auto and shoot so dude I, I i'm one of those like very i have an addictive personality so once i really get into something i don't stop until i feel like i'm you know getting to the point that i'm like okay now i can move on and learn something different but yeah i really grind in my first year learning how to use a camera properly but you seem to be on a trend where you started two really expensive sports and then you started a really expensive hobby where a camera is like, oh yeah, I'm just going to sell like one of my kidneys on my wife to buy <laughs> like a camera. Is there really any, was, expensive. It is. It's fucking nuts how expensive it is. Yeah. Um, Like I'm thinking of the, there's a lot of photographers now who are going to semifinals and they know they're going to be sat in the stands and they're trying to buy lenses and it's like, oh, that's just like, twelve hundred dollars you know it's just it's mental how much stuff costs um yeah, when you the, when you when you were starting off or is there any kind of angst any kind of like nervousness of like god there's a big outlay for something that might run aground or that i might get bored of yeah but at the same time i was always like 
I don't know, I was very passionate about it since day one. And I still never thought I was going to be an actual photographer or videographer, like a professional photographer. It was always just a social media marketing agency focus. And I wanted to get good at taking photos. That way I can do that better. But my focus was always like growing my business, like the social media business. And and it just kind of like snowballed into people hiring me to more um, camera stuff, more you know, photography and videography. And actually that's, that's a, the way I went to my first CrossFit Games was like that too. One of my social media clients, I was running the social media account for a physical therapist here in Pensacola. His name is CJ De Palma. Uh, his Instagram handle is The Movement Doctor. He was, uh, he's like the right hand of what prep? Ben Siewalski, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. So they, they had some masters athletes going to the games and Ben was like, hey, I need somebody that can take some photos of our master's athletes. And CJ's like, dude, my social media guy, he takes photos at the gym all the time. I think he can do it. And then CJ called me, I think it was like two, two weeks before the 2019 CrossFit Games. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, CJ? He's like, yo, two weeks, we're going to CrossFit Games. We're, we're renting you a lens, whatever lens you need. We're going, I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not going to CrossFit Games to take photos. If I'm going, I'm going to enjoy it. He's like, no, we need a photographer. I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this. Like, you don't understand. Like, there's legit people taking photos there. I, I, I can barely work my camera. I'm one year into learning this. And he's like, you'll figure it out. I know you. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. I think um, they rented me a 70 to 200. Did some research, showed up there with one camera, one lens, and started taking photos. And then I think that was one of the moments I realized that I, I could do this because... Um, I got some good feedback from other people, made some good connections and it just kind of like, kind of like lit a fire on me. Like, Oh, I want to come back next year mm-hmm. and be like those guys that are taking those sick photos, making those sick videos and, you know, just kind of like getting their name out there and they're awesome people too. They're, you know, very, very well respected in the industry. So it was, um, it's kind of like just got myself out there and, into like a tough situation and made the most out of it. I've met a lot of awesome people and made some good connections there. Um, there's Rizology is joining like the list of people who are like, I just came to say hi to Carlos. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Is it a, I would have thought from the outside looking in, I would have thought that that line of work that like photography and videography at events is a bit, is like cutthroat or like, get the fuck out of my way like I need that shot more than you need that shot that like that like I guess I kind of assumed you'd all think each other were dicks even if you weren't (laughs) but like the fact that that there is people showing up being like oh I love your work um off the cuff like or unprompted is that a total misconception about it do you think do you think that it's that everybody has well maybe you don't respect everybody maybe everybody doesn't respect everybody but like people who you feel are on a par with you you you'd never get in their way or they'd never get in yours kind of thing yeah i think there's a little bit of both there's definitely a lot of mutual respect between all of us um obviously at the at the end of the day you're trying to do your job so some people might be a little more competitive than others and they they might be a little more protective of like whoever they're shooting which uh, at some point i understand like if somebody's hired to shoot i don't know matt fraser matt fraser is right in front of you right in front of the person that's hired to specifically shoot him and then somebody else random kind of like push them apart it'll, it'll be kind of like disrespectful 
Mm. But I will say for the most part in the CrossFit industry, it's it, people really respect each other. Um, we, we And it's also not a big community. So we, I feel like we know each other as well. And it's kind of like there, there's a lot of mutual respect. And we, we try to help a lot each other. You know, every time I, when I got started, I will ask questions to all the guys that I would look, look up to. And they'll be very well, you know, receptive into like my questions and answering and and all that and that's one thing that uh, I was always I always thought it's like hey I had people help helping me out when I got started the moment I get to be somebody that people look up to I'm gonna pay it forward and that's kind of one of the things I do now a lot like when somebody brand new asks me something on Instagram I try to take my time and respond um, I don't see it as competition at all I see it as somebody that's trying to to make it and to work hard and and that's something cool you know like i got to respect people trying to, because at the end of the day, they're getting out of their comfort zone and, mm. and asking questions that probably they would like just to know instead of, you know, asking somebody. So it, it it's scary. Like I remember doing it. So I, I respect the fact that people look up to my work and they, they ask questions and five minutes of my time is not going to change anything. You know, like it's, it's something I feel like more people in the industry should do. And the only thing I tell them too is, hey, I don't, because people say like, I, I can pay you for your time. I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to pay me for my time. But if you are at that situation at some point that you, that you're in the same spot that people ask you questions, pay forward, you know, do, do the same thing and help somebody else. Corey's wondering if you're going to Raging Games. Um, yes, I will be at the Raging Games this year. And less uh, flatteringly, but Will Brown said, her, said that you got him to spend $4,000 because of DMs. Uh, that is true. That is a true story. But he's done really good work. Yeah. Um, Lauren, the cameras that you got him. Lauren Khalil, Khalil same thing happened, happened to her. She sent me a DM. She's like, hey, I want you to uh, help me out with some camera stuff, you know, some recommendations. And I think she probably spent about the same amount of money. But I mean, she's doing awesome stuff, too. I told her, I'm like, she's like, what's the best mic I can get? The best shotgun mic I can get? And I'm like, I mean, you're asking me the best shotgun mic you can get? So I sent her the, the link and she's like, awesome. And I sent her some other links of like cheaper versions in my mind, thinking that, you know, she might go for yeah, the cheaper yeah. version. I saw him at the Arnold with the very expensive mic. I'm like, there you go. I like yeah. that. See, that's that's Hamilton Road or probably like writing yeah. her a blank check. It's not like it's good. Like this was actually coming out of Will's pocket, which is like more dangerous. Yeah. Um, but in fairness, he has done really good work with us. He's he's doing self-made stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's done some yeah. really good. Uh, Will Will's a good dude. Really good training journals and like philosophy stuff. Yeah, he's good work. Um, what is Rosology saying? It's not easy to do with you. Just got to be really cool. One another. There's enough work for everyone. That is actually something I wanted to ask you about. Would you describe the media space in CrossFit as saturated? I, not, I'm not I, saying overly saturated. I'm not saying that, that there's too many. Yeah. But like similar to like programming or coaching. Like I spoke to John Singleton and he was saying that one of the hardest things about his job is without like making noise without adding to the noise. The thought, like trying to have yourself seen without like just clamoring over everyone to be heard above everyone. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that resonates a bit with media as well, where there are a lot of photographers. Yeah. There are a lot of videographers and there's only similar to the competing. There's only like the top percentage are the ones that are, you're blown away by their work regularly because they're getting like, they're able to get these regular gigs. Mm -hmm. But then is it, is it very difficult do you feel to break into 
because it's so saturated? I think it is saturated and and the reason why it's because a very it's a very low entry low barrier what, how you call it? low barrier? yeah yeah low barrier yeah yeah. Low barrier. yeah because um in the past i feel like things are changing a little bit like anybody could apply to get up past the cross games and you go and shoot right like that's that's how i got in 2019 i just applied that i was going to take photos of some masters athletes and i could take photos of you know tia and matt fraser mm. and rich and whoever um but i feel like I don't know. It's it, it's tough to say because I feel like there is a lot of opportunities at the same time. There is a lot of camps, athletes, but it is one thing I'm going to say. It is a tough sport to make good money out of doing media. Yeah, um, because I feel like one of the reasons because it's a new newer sport, too. So some of the sponsors, I mean, there are some sponsors that have a lot of money, but I feel like most of sponsors, if you compare it to sponsors in big sports, they really don't have the budget to be spending, you know, a thousand, a thousand to two thousand dollars a day for a for a media guy, plus expenses and all that stuff. So it's, um, I think. Do you think? Do you think in CrossFit does it happen more where people expect, like quid pro quo, like don't like I do this work for me, I'm not going to pay you, but. Uh, it'll be a great experience for you or it'll be like you oh, we'll share it on our socials or you know you'll get time with mm. whatever athletes but we can't pay you but um, yeah and then and then that often leads to um because i was actually dming you about something and will actually as it happens earlier on um asking like someone asked me for a quote for something and I had no idea what to say, but like my gut says go low <laughs> because, yeah. and I feel like it's the same for people in media where you're like, oh, I don't want to piss them off and I don't want to like shit in my cornflakes and have nothing, no work. So I better go in low. So I'm not like, they don't just go to the next person. But then obviously that means that if, if everybody's doing that and then someone who's experienced like you, who, who has been through that stage is, you're getting done out of work then because companies are saying like, well, why would I pay this guy this much when I could mm-hmm. this, this idiot's work willing to work yeah. for a third of the price? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's actually a lot of people ask me that and it goes, it goes back to, it's a newer sport. So brands are just starting to realize like what's, what's um, an actual like marketing media budget that people that they can spend and what people are willing to do. And they're starting to realize like, okay, if we hire this person wants to do it for free, like at the end of the day, we're not going to be getting the the quality of content that we want to portray, you know, our brand. Like we have mm. a big brand. We want to have good, good stuff, but I think it happens a lot. And I, I don't, I don't think there is necessarily anything wrong with people offering their services for cheaper if they're starting out. But I think once they have set up a, a like a, their name in the industry, the cheaper they go and, uh, just setting up that like standard price list for the whole industry is just gonna at the end of the day messes up most of the most of us like in general the whole industry like if they start charging i don't know five hundred dollars a day then that's gonna be the center in a standard industry for the mm-hmm. for crossfit right and then that's what brands are gonna be paying the same thing goes with weddings right like when you think as you said or like we were talking earlier in the what just and the what the pot <laughs> If you if you put the word wedding, it already goes up just an extra zero because that's the standard yeah. uh, that the wedding industry set up. Like, hey, if we do wedding photography, wedding videography, we're not gonna charge less than six thousand dollars for a full day, right? So uh, that's why I always encourage other creators to 
really make sure our time is valued because we we're there for long day. Like the days are very long. We're shooting all day. The editing song, sometimes we don't get much sleep. It's, it's really tough. And we're providing a lot of value for, for brands, for athletes that, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good investment for them. It's a good, you know, return investment. So I always encourage all our creators to really set the standard a little higher and make sure that brands understand the work that we put on and to really value our work. But starting off, it's tough. Like you said, like you get an opportunity to go with, I don't know, a good brand to the CrossFit Games. And they're like, hey, we can only pay you 500 bucks a day. And you're like, oh, gosh, I, I was expecting more, but I don't want to miss that opportunity mm. of going to the games with them. So I, I think starting off, it's, it's tough to say no. But the more you do it, the more you realize that you're you have to value your work you have to value your your skills because at the end of the day it's a it's a very you know it's a it's a skill that not everybody has and, mm. and we're also using is echoing that he's saying that you, yeah, you need exactly. to know your worth he corrected his typo as well and we need to know your work but it's 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 true as well where like i remember talking to patrick cummings way back um when sponsor like companies started getting in touch about sponsoring the show and same i had no idea like i was like i don't know like a hundred dollars a year like i was like what? Yeah. how am i supposed to come up with a number for that um but he was like just put a value on your time and then never let anyone undervalue you so unless it's like you think it's going to lead to something exactly like yeah. potentially viable or whatever yeah because um, you can see it as an investment right like yeah oh you know it might be not a lot of money at the beginning but I know if I keep doing this with them, it's a growing brand, a growing industry. Yeah. I don't know. It can lead into something big. But dude, even to this date, I struggle to price my stuff. Uh, in CrossFit, not that much. I have like already kind of like base prices. But I mean, if I get somebody reaches out like randomly, hey, we need this, this, this. How much would you like? What, what will be your quote? It's I mean, to this date, it's kind of hard. But as uh, Nick Fries was saying, you know, you, you got to know your worth and what's what's going to be worth your time, you know, like and the, the, at the same time, like if you put a price on it, you're like, hey, I'm going to do it for this, the budget. They're like, hey, you know, uh, I don't think we can do it for that. If you're just respectful, like, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I'm sorry, I can't do it for any mm-hmm. any less than that. They're also going to respect you a lot because they know, you know, you're a professional, you have your your budget set or whatever you're going to do it for and. And it just kind of sets you in that standard of like, you know, there's somebody that's not cheap, but it's somebody worth it. They're going to get it. Yeah. Like, I think I had that, I had that with Fitter where they, they were like, we don't have much of a budget for this because they're kind of new, new company, a lot of overheads and, you know, they're trying to invest in themselves and stuff. And they were like, we have not set aside a budget for a podcast sponsorship, shockingly. (laughs) So they were like, you know, we don't have a big budget for this. And I was like, I basically said like, I'll do it for anything. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to work with you because I like you. And then that ended up with, just had a blind look more than anything. They were like, oh, we'll bring you to Miami. And like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to go if it wasn't for them. And, you know, like, it, it, there, are, there are times, I think, where, you know, you pull back on your budget and say, yeah. like, this is, but like, that takes time too, where you have to learn that skill of, like, am I just doing this person a favor or is this an investment, like you said? Like, am I just being, am I being a doormat? because I'm afraid or am I investing in myself and saying like, all right, yeah, I have this. Yeah, no, I mean, it happens. It's happened to me a lot, especially running competition, stuff like that. When they're like, Hey, this is going to be our first year running. You know, we want you to run the media team. 
almost anything. It's yeah, almost anything. It's uh, you know the first year you're expecting not as much, you know, percentage back out of your competition because it's the first year. But hey, I'm gonna commit to this. I'm gonna make the competition better. My work's gonna get better. Your product's gonna get better, and we're gonna grow together from here. So you also gotta have a good idea of where the brand is going and what they're up to. And if you respect the product, that's something very important for me too. Like I gotta work with people that I respect their values. I respect their product. And, and I know where, where they're going. And it's something I'm going to associate my, associate my name with that. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're putting your name with that brand. Hmm. So, yeah. Um, you're one of the only people I've seen, uh, though both haven't been around a long time, but you're one of the only people I've seen cross the divide between mayhem and HWPO or between mayhem and anyone else. Um, how, like, is that a difficult line to walk <laughs> to be like, <laughs> like, are you, when you turn up at Mayhem, are they like, shit, sh- shut up, here he comes, don't tell him anything. And when you go to HWPO and you're up in Vermont, are they like, oh, here's the Mayhem guy, wipe off that whiteboard, clear it off, let him see anything. Dude, the, the amount of people have asked me that in like, I said, hey, dude, can we talk about this? No, but I, I don't, I don't care. I can talk about it um, openly. Actually, they're both very, very cool with whatever I do with each uh, camp. Um, are you, would you, are you end, described as like a contractor? Yeah. I was going to say yeah, at okay. the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a freelancer. I'm a independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So they know that, I mean, I don't have any sort of uh, commitment with any brands and I'm, I'm somebody that's very respectful with whatever they talk about in mayhem. I'm not going to go and, you know, talk about HWP about any of that. And, and I feel like it's also a trust thing They they trust me yeah. and dude, at any point, either mayhem or HWPO have came to me and they've said anything like bad about anything like hey i don't think you should work with them or they've been nothing but respectful in fact like i've been doing a lot of the off-season stuff with hopo and when i mentioned that i was gonna shoot the crossy games this year with mayhem because i already had a previous commitment they were nothing but like cool with it mm-hmm. they're like oh we 100 understand in fact like you showing loyalty like that it's something that we really like and absolutely like have fun you know <laughs> So yeah, yeah but there's, we re, we respect that we really respect that lot to lead his number. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're super cool with it, and they completely understand that at the end of the day, it's it's my my job, right? I'm a I'm a video. So I'm are you brought in because having watched um having watched you guys work in at Wadapalooza, you're with Mayhem at Wadapalooza, among other stuff, but like you're during competition events, I guess, um and are you brought in because on say like uh waterpalooza the games those kind of things semi-finals probably are you brought in for those where it's like all right there's a shit ton of stuff we have to cover and our base team can't get it all done so we need someone else exactly yeah um for mayhem that's that's exactly the case they have some awesome content creators there uh bennett ben frank and scott but at the end of the day like their main focus on those events it's uh getting all their video stuff done like all their youtube videos uh video production stuff they have to do for the year um anything they have to do and when it comes to photography that's something that they need help with and that's that's uh my main job at the games what a blues semifinals when i go with mayhem is uh just i take the role of lead photographer for mayhem and what do you do you pick certain ones to hand over for social media or how does that work yeah so i work very closely with their social media manager her name is jen for she's freaking awesome and so it's pretty much her and i moving all day around like she follows me everywhere i follow her whenever we have to edit stuff so 
pretty much she gives me an assignment. She's like, hey, for workout one, we have this ads athletes. She sends me like the lanes they are on. Like, I mean, she's super organized with all this stuff too. So it helps a lot. And after the event is done, she asked me for specific selects. Like, for example, Bailey Rail wins um, heat number two and Guy won the event, stuff like that. So she's like, hey, if you can send me some selects of Bailey, Guy, and Rich at the finish line. And then I go edit them, send it to her, and she gets them posted on, on Mayhem. What's, what's the time? Like, what's, what's your average time pressure, would you say? Like, how, long, how much of a window have you got from I need this to where the fuck is it? At the games, it's very stressful because it's everything's super fast. So I I have my backpack hidden like underneath the bleachers. So I finish a, an event and I go <laughs> at the bleachers like underneath, like nobody can see me. I edit the photo, send it to Jen, on our or I run back to the the mayhem booth. So I mean, there is really no much time to think. <laughs> just just kind of like edit, send the photos, and go back to the next event. But uh, we've gotten to a point that we're pretty efficient at. You know, I guess now you know do. exactly what the exactly. aesthetic is, like what they yeah. want, what they're looking yeah. for. Yeah. So and yeah, now nowadays it's more like automatic. Like I know what they're expecting; they know what to expect, and we get it done super fast. Um, what's your what's what what were you brought on to HWPO for then? Um, more more of the HWPO stuff that I do is uh, preseason or any uh, specifically like the programs they're doing now. They have HWPO golf. Mm. Uh, they're doing a lot of their athletes camp. Like the, a couple of weeks ago, they had a big um, athletes camp before the HWPO grand opening. Um, I've done just random stuff for last year. I did some stuff for the Dubai competition they were hosting for Madrid. They were hosting. And just some normal video production stuff that they need, but it's really nothing specific. It's mostly like their week-to-week work they have to get done. Um, another big project I did with them, I did all the launching for Amy Everett when they okay. released the HOPO lift. That was Eric and I. We took care of all the um, filming, producing all the videos, getting them done, and out to the public. Um, do you have to sign like NDAs with those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have NDAs with all those brands when it comes to specific specific projects. Like when we record the lift stuff, it's weeks before it's been announced, yeah. right? So everything's got to keep quiet until until it's announced, and and we cannot share anything until you know. And what's what, like? Obviously, they say like, "Don't tell anyone." I assume that's written in there somewhere. But like, what's the repercussion if you do? Like, what happens? Is it just like uh, a right to fire you if they do, or do you have to like? Be, are you fined? I mean, I don't know, but it, it could be. You should probably know you, if you're signing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just can't. I just can't like think of it. But it could be that you know, obviously, they they have the right not to pay you. I guess if you yeah, if you breach contract and but obviously you read, the, the, end, you read the fine print and it's like we have the right to chop off your left hand. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> already signed. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's mostly for them to just keep everything, you know, under the law and everything, make sure that we're all aware of, like, what's our job. We have to get it done by this date and just kind of business practices more than I'm, like, scared of, like, breaching contract. Yeah, yeah. You know, just gotta make yeah sure. I mean, it's probably it's an unwritten agreement anyway but it's better for yeah. their end if it is actually a written agreement <laughs> like Absolutely. it's like just for for safety but yeah. it's funny like i get told stuff i never get told anything like you know really like oh fuck but i, I do get told stuff and it's like it, i wouldn't 
think apart from like my wife i wouldn't think of telling someone but like i've never been asked like it's never been told to me like don't tell anyone this or you know i've never i've never heard like a whiff of an nda partially i guess it's because they think i don't have the respect in the industry that people would stop if i told someone create something crazy they'd be like he's talking shit like they wouldn't yeah. even they don't think uh they don't think it would even be believed um yeah but i mean, I mean sometimes in those um camps they they're talking about business goals yeah, yeah. you know like business planning or like have... i said you might see some shit in the whiteboard and be exactly, like yeah what? like things that they're gonna do in the next six months so obviously yeah. they don't want you to go somebody else and tell them your their business plan their strategy to get that going and um at the same time like an open workout's going on if you are recording a video you cannot like show it or post it anywhere because they're gonna see their score stuff like that just yeah pretty common sense stuff at the end of the day too there's a rollo gave us one like so we Dude. get am i getting am i getting 50 percent of that am i getting a cut oh my god i'm so shit at maths what's that 98 cents each yeah, right? I mean, yeah yeah like a dollar i'll take a dollar yeah i'll post it i'll mail it to you <laughs> one dollar <laughs> one dollar um yeah uh He's obviously talking about himself and you, though, too. He's extremely handsome, man. He, I mean, an another person that misspelled your name. What's going on? Yeah. It's so easy. Just Peter, it's easy to spell. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe there's something wrong with their keyboards. Maybe there's well, a glitch in the comments when they're typing it in. It's just coming up as Carlos. Uh, okay, yeah. P-E-T-E-R-C-A-R-L-O. Yeah. No, there's even an extra letter. It can't even be that. I don't know. It's weird. But it, yeah, I don't know. Um, You're roll that, the man. When... Uh, when you do the work for Mayhem and HWPO, like you do other work as well. Um, like you work a bit with LSKD and Blenders and, you know, you have other brands that you work with that tier. are... I do tier stuff too, a lot of, some of my videos. I, I'm guessing they're less... Like you obviously have a deadline. You have a date that you need stuff for, for like the off-season-y kind of stuff, I guess. But you have like a, a deadline of like, oh, we, we're going to launch this in like mid-March. And you're like, all right, well, it's the start of February. I mean, that's fine. Whereas like when you're working with Mayhem um, or or a brand at the games, there's like the intensity is like cranked up to 99 and you're trying yep. to fix all this shit. But then you have the pressure, the time pressure, you have the pressure of like, you know, maybe you're, looking at Roman for Mayhem. I guess Roman's handy because he doubles up with Tier and uh, Mayhem. But you're looking at Roman and then maybe there's like Vellner for Tier or something and you're like, oh shit, that they're in different heats or I need to, you know, you have that kind of pressure of like, you need kind of need to be in two places at once. Like you say, you have to run and edit, but then there might be another heat or another contract that you have to fulfill at the same time. Um, and then you have like that kind of leads to the urgency or the speed where things need to be fast, but then you can't let the quality dip either you can't be like oh sorry i know it's a shit picture but i only had like 20 yeah. seconds to get it over to you i don't like, i don't do double contracts though i just once uh, at a competition if i'm working with one brand i'm only working for one brand oh, just to, you need yeah. to double up you need to double up it's i like, i really I'll become i'll become your business advisor for 20 percent yeah. i'll tell well, you take that, on four four contracts minimum that's the year. thing I, I know i know i can make a lot of more <laughs> money like that but it just it's just something I, I I wouldn't like to because as you said, like my my the quality of work it's gonna it's gonna go down. So I would rather yeah, find no, out right. I, I would rather find a brand that really respects my work and they're willing to pay my rates and just hundred percent focus on that brand and give my hundred percent to that brand during that week. Mm. So for example, last year I did Rogue Invitational and 
Granite Games with Tier, it was fully focused on Tier. I don't take any other contracts. When I work with Mayhem at the Games, it's 100% Mayhem. I don't. I guess Mayhem at the Games is like 70 people or whatever. So oh, it's yeah. Still... yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like five contracts. That's like five contracts. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you work around that then? I know you're saying that like you kind of run off and edit real quick and stuff, but I'm assuming like, do you just have uh, like those kind of autopilot like flow state moments of like, you've got your presets, you've got your things that, you, you know, you just have like, oh, it's, it's like autopilot of like, I know what to do with this picture because I've taken a picture in this kind of light and I know exactly what happens. Is, is that, is that what gets you through those kind of hurdles of the speed, the pressure, the, the need for quality? Yeah, so that, definitely, that, that's a, actually a good question. Definitely at the games I already have like a good idea of what Mayhem wants their photos to look like. So I already have um, one of the presets I've been, it, I mean, you can call it preset, but it's like um, it's like my, my style of editing photos. And I already have it down to like, I know what's going to look like at, at May. It, it's, it's funny because every venue just looks completely different, even if you have the same preset. Yeah. I already know at Madison what they're going to want. So definitely that speed, it's, it speeds up the process a lot. When it comes to video, it's a little harder though, because when you're editing videos every day, it's like completely different, right? Like different music, your different, different video type that you're editing. So editing a video definitely takes a lot more time of your, of your day during competition. It's less work after, after that, but during the event, it's, it's a lot of work. How much sleep do you, do you get like when you're at Invitational or the games or semifinals? A total sleep or every night? Like say per night. <laughs> like the event probably finishes at like five, maybe six. And then yeah. probably starts the next day at like, you probably need to be up by about seven or eight probably. So yeah. what, in that window, what's your sleep look like? Um, so usually when we're done, we go eat something quick. Then we set up for <laughs> Alex Roca says eight minutes, which is... <laughs> Sounds accurate. It's accurate. Uh, no, I mean the... Um, I think I usually stay up until about 2 a.m. as an average. During Is the... that when you're doing videos or photos or both? Photos. For videos, it's 4 a.m. Uh, yeah, for, for, for videos. I mean, when, when we're talking about the, the Mayhem crew, we're all editing. I'm the one that goes to bed earlier. So, <laughs> they <laughs> so must hate because, you. <laughs> because I'm the photo guy. Yeah, so around 2 a.m., I'm trying to sleep. I mean, sometimes when, when you have two more, maybe three. But I really, I really try to lately more ever i've been trying to get a little more efficient with my workflow after events so i get a better night of sleep and that way i'm prepared for the day after but i mean you're still even trying to be as efficient as you can be you don't get more than four hours every, every i'm night. guessing it's probably a, a learning experience as well where maybe the first two two or three times you did something you made a lot of mistakes of like you were like sitting around chatting and everyone else is working really hard like, guys yeah. relax and then the next day you're like i've made a big mistake yeah yeah, absolutely. For videos, just take longer because, as I told you, it's it's completely brand new from zero. So finding the song, uh, you know, doing all the sound effects. Of course, if you if you want to make a simpler video, there's different types of like things mm. you can do. But but yeah, you don't get much sleep. But there's something really weird about the whole no sleep thing during a competition and the grind that I feel like a lot of us like. It's like a week that we are already expecting not to sleep much. And it just feels good to like wake up like, ah, oh, fuck, like that. <laughs> I'm tired, but I'm ready, you know, like, let's do it yeah. again. And then you it's do like, for... It's kind of like being back, like partying in university. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. You wake up all like messed up and then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. 
and yeah. then you finish. It's like who, who has the worst whoop score? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you wake up, you're like Scott. I'm at six percent. How about you? Four percent. Fuck, it beat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Travis and, was saying that the average sleep in the Paper Street house at Waterloo's was four to five hours, but that house was essentially the foundations, walls, everything was coffee. So I mean, that's yeah, probably uh, to be expected. True. Oh, do you have to see our our rooms at the at the games, like for a Mayhem crew? We have all sorts of energy drinks laying all over the room, and the the editing room. It's um, I mean, we're just editing at the at the hotel in one of the rooms. Usually, it's Scott's room, and they set up like four tables with full desktops. Like, I mean, it looks like a complete office. I've seen I've seen Rory. I think put something in his stories. Yep. I think it was like semi-finals last year and it was like a full office. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. It must just take so long to get everything into the room. Never mind. Yeah. Well, what they do is that they put all the all their tables and desktops, everything they have inside the, um, the Mayhem apparel stuff that they bring into the game. So they drive oh, it. Oh, yeah. They, they drive all the desktops and stuff there. So, I mean, they set up four desktops, laptops all over. We have all the rentals all the all the equipment so you go there and it's 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 pretty sick but and and when the whole competition ends like you go back home and you're like hurting you're sick i mean i you everybody i mean alex he can probably say it like we all get sick after the (laughs) the event because of no sleep our immune system is shot and then like day three you're already like oh i can wait until next year you know (laughs) it's weird it's a weird it's a weird like feeling that you're hurting but you like it yeah it's kind of across the feeling isn't it that's the, yeah. the standard yeah. yeah um you started a podcast then uh last about a year ago a year, about a year ago. ago yeah um content lab so that's you that's you um and you have guests who are all in the same or similar line of work to you um yep. like producing some kind of content photos or videos or whatever um was that off the back of what you were saying earlier on about like you were getting DMs of questions and you were like, there's an easier way to get this out and help people rather than individually replying to someone. And then two weeks later be like, this is the same question that other guy asked. Yeah. Um, I think the, some people ask me questions before that, but I feel like content lab kind of like elevate everything a little more. Like people know that I'm more willing to like talk to them and, mm. and, and be somebody that they can ask me questions. So um, I've realized this is the moment I started doing the podcast. A lot of people DM me more, asking me questions and being like, hey, I listened to your episode with... Mm. I don't they, know. they see you as approachable, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They, they probably see me a little more approachable and mm. we talk about different things. So it's a good way to break you know, a conversation like, hey, I listened to your episode yesterday. Um, I have a question about what you were talking uh, uh, you know, with your guest. So that that's probably one of the reasons too why people... Like for them, it's easier to reach out to me probably because hmm. they they just feel like that they, well, as you said, like just more approachable. Do you enjoy doing it? Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, I really like it. Actually, it's something that I've mentioned many times before. It's something that I never in a million years I would have thought about doing first because um, English not, be, not being my first language, it always kind of gave me panic to talk to people. Your talking. English is better than mine if it's any constellation. <laughs> Dude, your accent's sick. I like it. Anyways, but... Uh, oh, I need to talk to you about that Irish bar. You just reminded me. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I, it's something I never thought I was going to do. It's, I mean, it, just being in front of a camera freaked me out. That's one of the reasons I'm behind the camera. But um, I've mentioned in a couple of episodes that 
it's just something that I felt like it was going to be really challenging and it, it could be something that, that will help me a lot in different ways to, you know, um, as you say, giving back and building connections and just kind of like, overall, it's just something I knew was going to help me, but I knew it was going to be absolutely terrible for the first 10 to 20 episodes or I don't know. I knew it was going to take me a while to get comfortable, but it was going to be a good challenge. And I woke up one day and I'm like, I need to do this. And, and I started right away. But yeah, I think it took me about, I think after like the seventh episode, it was probably something that I was like, okay, I, I actually feel comfortable talking to people, you know, live in a, in front of a camera. And, and the more I do it, the more I enjoy it. Um, unfortunately, sometimes life gets kind of busy and yeah. I miss a week or two, but I'm on episode, I think I'm almost 40 episodes in 30 something in and that's cool. I love it, dude. It's it's great. I've gotten to meet awesome people. Um, not only talking to them, but also people like seeing me in competitions, events, and being like, "Dude, I I've listened to your podcast and I love it. Like it's it's cool. You know, it it just it kind of like it, it's a good feeling when people tell you that they they've learned something or they've gotten gigs or you know they finally." jumped into being a full-time content creator because of some of the guests I've had and some of the advice they they gave them and they're like dude it helped me a lot and now I'm you know doing what I always wanted to do it just I think that's one of those feelings that really it's it's what I live for kind of that's cool I like that um yeah no I think you you I'm it's probably the same when you're taking photos and doing videos or stuff but you kind of learn that you just write off the first 10 of whatever you're doing so the first like first 10 episodes the first yeah. 10 if you're writing songs or whatever the first 10 songs are gonna be dog shit the first like 10 pictures you take gonna be absolute horseshit like it's yeah. just gonna be but then after that you get like you know i've had people ask um about like doing them live and like the first one or two absolutely shit myself like i was so nervous but now it doesn't even enter my head that like oh there's actually live. people yeah. watching now like before if i fuck something up really badly i could just take it out Whereas Absolutely. now, as soon as I finished, it's up there. I can't, no, no backsies. I can't take it back. Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I like the live thing too. I've done a couple of podcasts that they start and we kind of like fuck up at first. And we're like, hey, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, start from zero. When you're live, that's it, you know. And I, I feel like that also helps people be a little more real at the same time because they're just going to be themselves. Well, they bring their best as well yeah. because they're like, oh shit, like this is immediately going out. And it is a lot better because you get this, you get like people exactly. asking questions or people engaging or whatever. And even just for the algorithm, it's way better. Like my views since I started doing lives on YouTube are way higher than before. Um, like there are, you know, to be up, depending on the guest, they're not huge by any fucking stretch of the imagination, but like they're about, five to six hundred percent what they were previous like prior to doing lives or whatever so even just that side of things um is better um yeah. Dude, but yeah, you no, know what's is... funny my most downloaded episode on spotify is episode one which i mean gosh I, I i can't even like go back and like listen to it because i was so nervous um i mean some people told me it was good but it's probably they just wanted to be <laughs> they just wanted to be nice to me but yeah, it has the most downloads on on Spotify and Apple, whatever Apple Podcasts. And oh my gosh, I just wish they could like start from episode ten forward. Yeah, yeah. 
but I mean, it, it's cool to see because people see it, it's an evolution, dude. You know, like it's just learning new skills. Same with taking photos. Like if you see a photo that I took in 2018, it's not going to be as good as a photo I can take today. But at the same time, it shows you like, oh, you know, in five years of hard work, you can. Mm. It's like when you point. go back and read one of your old Facebook statuses and you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, wow, dude. That? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them are so deep. You're like, damn, I got to go back. to this. so <laughs> stupid. Like, so yeah, it's so like, crazy. who did I think was going to read this and find it interesting? But yeah, like Scott from Plysdale, he's saying the Eliza game changer. Like Savan changed the game in that for. I think so, yeah. Like I had never seen anyone in the CrossFit space do like a live show with chat and everything. And I remember like. I said it to him when he was on, but I hated him because largely because of his success. And I was yeah. like, fuck that guy, like doing the things that I want to do or whatever. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, well, I can't do it now because that's his thing. And I didn't, I didn't want to seem like I was like copying or, you know, like trying to like just mm -hmm. piggyback okay. or whatever. Um, but then my first life was with him. So I kind of felt like, okay, now I have, I kind of felt like I had permission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had well, permission the, to keep doing it. The first place, person I reached out to when I decided I wanted to do a podcast was Matt Sousa. Oh, yeah. I reached out to him. I've talked to him before that a lot. And I'm like, hey, dude, I woke up this morning. For some reason, I, I want to do a podcast. I'm kind of call you. We talked for a little bit. He kind of gave me some tips, you know, like use StreamYard, blah, blah, this, that. And that's that's how I got started. But yeah, I, I like it. I like it more live for sure. Um. Nick from Wadzom is asking about uh, responses on media credentials. Did you get a media pass? Have you heard anything back for semifinals yet? Or are you in the stands? Uh, I'm I'm in the I'm in the application process right now. Okay. Yeah. There's but like I, a second. There's like a second wave or something, isn't there, for America? Yeah, I applied. I applied late because I still uh, I was still trying to figure out what I, what I wanted to do. I have talking about that. I don't do too many weddings. I have a wedding the weekend of the East. So okay. I want, I want. Oh, be, that's like your home one as well. Yeah, yeah, it's in Orlando, so it's not too far from me. Uh, but I'll, I'm gonna be doing a wedding that weekend, and then uh, my plan is to go to one the, in the West, Pasadena. So okay. I'll, I'll be at that one. Um, what do you? How do you feel about that as somebody who works in media? Um, when you hear stuff like that, CrossFit are saying, "Oh, only," it's basically only press. That's going to be in the, you know, the credentialed area, uh -huh. we'll say, um, or brand partners. So like sponsor, semi-final Mobile sponsor partners that. or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's obviously frustrating. And I think there's a lot of frustrated photographers and videographers. Like you can kind of see both sides of it, I guess, where like you were saying earlier on, you have these people who are back in 2019, everyone was just getting access to everything. And it was a, mm. like a lot of people got a great start from it, but it was I'm assuming from a logistical standpoint, really messy for them to try and control. Um, but now they've kind of swung so far the other way that it's like, right, nobody's getting in. And mm -hmm. I kind of, my kind of feelings on it is I feel, I feel it's a bit shitty on people like you or people like, do you know, like there's four or five Irish people I could think off the top of my head that put in a huge amount of effort in promoting affiliates and promoting games athletes and going to events and like putting expense off their own backs, all that kind of stuff. And then they're told like, oh no, you can just sit in the stands and shoot from there, like enjoy. And it's a bit, I just feel like it's a bit of a kick in the teeth for people like that, where it's like tough shit, even though the other 11 months of the year, they're working their ass off 
mm-hmm. trying to make a start, like you said, and trying to, you know, they're using the sport to lift up the sport. And then they're told, oh, no, sorry, you just buy another lens. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think what you said, it it's spot on. It's kind of like you, you see both sides of the, um, of the thing. One, I see CrossFit kind of growing into they, they want to be a little more of a professional sport too, right? And and at the end of the day, like if you want to shoot a PGA Tour event, you want to shoot a NFL, like you cannot just apply, you'll get a pass, right? It's usually the main press uh, press outlets right there are going to get the, a pass, you know, like the main sponsor and stuff like that. So I feel like it's it's a step forward into CrossFit being more legit, but at the same time, like with, we're used to since 2019, to use CrossFit as a way to, you know, uh, we can do documentaries. Like you have a lot mm. of people doing this like series of documentaries in Europe about some of their, you know, some of the European teams and stuff like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of tough because they've been working so hard for stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, you, you get to stop into something that you see it as a trend, like, you know, oh, everybody can apply and get a pass and let's, let's grow this from here. So yeah, it's, it's tough because a lot of, the, a lot of the creators, including myself, we we might be missing some opportunities to shoot some events. But at the same time, I feel like it's something that I saw I I saw that it was going to happen eventually. If CrossFit wanted to move into a more legitimate sport, like if if a company like Nobles put in you know big marketing advertising budget into being the main sponsor, they gotta get their priorities to get their media people there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough, man. It's it, it kind of sucks. I've, I've talked to a lot of my friends, some of my creators' friends, and a lot of them are bummed out, you know, sad about not being able to go there. But I guess the, 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 the other side of it is it's a level playing field. So, you know, every athlete's photographer is shooting from the same stuff. It's not like some are getting in and some are not, provided that's the way it stays. Like once everybody is out, it's fair. Yeah. But if you start saying everybody's out apart from I was going to say, this yeah, I, I'm, I mean, at the same time, I don't know exactly how it's going to be, like, what's the line going to be, but I know, I know there's going to be some, you know, very thin line that some people are going to be crossing. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's, what's going to happen, but yeah, I mean, it's good at some point, but it sucks at the same time. Mm. I think as well, if CrossFit put in a big effort to share outside stuff, it would ease the annoyance a bit and it would ease, like if they were promoting all the work that people are doing as well as just their own in-house stuff. It's like mm-hmm. free, it's free promotion. Yep, like, and it means absolutely. it would mean a big deal for, say it would mean a big deal for someone like you if CrossFit shared one of your videos on all of their social, that would be like a fucking massive boost. Yeah. But like, I think a personal bugbear is the fact that they point blank refuse to do that is just a bit of an insult. And I get it, like they have people that they're hiring to do it, but like, it's also just sitting there and it's like, it doesn't yeah. take a lot to and share you, it. You could argue that most of the brands and athletes have gotten a lot of more exposure just because of random people shooting a video of, I don't know, Danny Spiegel doing a, I don't know, a snatch or muscle yeah. up. And it's just somebody that had nothing to do with CrossFit. They posted a video and, you know, a lot of people bought the same shoes that she was using or who knows, you know. So it's definitely good exposure for a sport. I mean, we've got, <laughs> there's going to be, there, there, there was a lot of people that passed three CrossFit games uh, shooting stuff and, I don't know exactly what the stats are, but for sure, I mean, the, the amount of exposure that the sport got from all the content creators posting, it's, you know, it's big. It's grown the sport. Um, there's a lot of stuff 
that I kind of wanted to ask you. Uh, I'll just catch you back on another time, I think. Um, I was going to ask time. you. It's up to you. Um, okay. Um, social media management is another one of your... Uh, I can't think of a way to finish that sentence. I was going to say prongs of your fork. And then I was like, that sounds so stupid. Services. Um, but yeah, one of your services. That's a more human, normal way of saying it. Um, is Is there like... Uh, is there a trick to social media or is it just like you know you talk about the algorithm or people talk about the algorithm and people talk about like trends and that kind of stuff and obviously if you're on like say TikTok or Reels or stuff there are sounds that are promoted and like if you use this sound it'll you know for whatever reason it will boost you in the search and stuff Um, but like I feel like from my perspective you're fighting against Instagram just wanting you to pay to promote your posts. So like I'll notice on my on my own page, I'll be doing quite well. Like reels will get good views, like, you know, fine, whatever. And then I'll get a message or a thing at the top of my profile saying, like, hey, why don't you promote this post? And then it'll bring more people to your page. And that'll come up like say three or four days in a row. And then it will stop coming up. And it like nobody will like 50 people max will see all my stories like reels will drop down from to about 10 percent of what they were that lasts for about three weeks and then it'll come back up again for about two weeks and then i'll get those same ads again and then it'll dip again. like i just i feel like you know like where it's like oh um there's algorithms and there's blah 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 and then it comes out to just like it just yeah just comes out to you just wait there's a peak in a trough and you just have to sit there and wait till the trough passes and then you're back in a peak again and it's just it's really just about like consistency i was gonna say yeah um that's probably the if somebody were to ask me like for a business like hey what will be your number one like tip you can tell us to improve our social media presence and our you know whatever you want trying to do on social media i'll say consistency that's the only thing that's a the main factor is going to help you and your business grow on social media. <clears throat> Again, as you said, like for them, it's a business too. So if you, if they see that you're getting a lot of engagement and you're spending no money, they're probably going to drop your, your engagement a little bit just to like give you that, like, Hey, you know, to lose, maybe your yeah, grip on your credit card, <laughs> yeah, maybe spend some money and you'll get your engagement back. Um, and I, I've seen as a trend I have, I, I have some businesses here that I manage and, after a couple of weeks of good engagement that you get like very little to no engagement, we put, I don't know, a hundred bucks on a Facebook ad or on an Instagram ad. And then you see the engagement going back up. So it's kind of like, Hey, you know, at the stop, same time, stop paying for it, Carlos. You're screwing people like me who refuse to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about much, much bigger, like we're talking about businesses, like, you know, much bigger products than what we, what we offer. In, yeah. Yeah. In our- <laughs> um, do you feel a pressure with your own uh, social media? Like, say, if you there, there's a, I guess, a couple of facets to that question of like you manage other people's uh, or a company's social media pages, the natural thing for them to do is to be like, well, who is this guy? And like, start you like see what your social media looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the fact that like you have it's basically like your lookbook for your work. Like, if you have a brand or whatever they might see a picture that you took of Rich on Mayhem's page, but then they'll go to your page and they'll they'll look at it and see what's on it. Do you feel pressure to keep it like manicured and to keep it looking a certain way because of both of those kind of, um, the, I guess they're kind of like job opportunities really in waiting are, are kind of viewing your page. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, I think so. Most of the time, if somebody asks me, hey, can you send me, can you show me some of your social media work? I show them one of the businesses that I manage because always there's a lot of more consistency than my own page. Mm -hmm. But absolutely, I think, I mean, your profile, it's kind of like your, at some point, it's like your portfolio as well, right? If you're a content creator, um, somebody goes to your profile and everything looks like, you know, aesthetically good. Like it looks nice. The photos look good and everything. It just, it just kind of helps you to have a, a more appealing, I don't know, a pers personality out there. I don't know even yeah, know how yeah. to explain it, but yeah. But at the same time, like social media, if it's your personal social media, just post whatever you feel like posting, right? Like uh, in the past, I will post a bunch, a lot of the CrossFit stuff because a lot of people, people have followed me were they were there just because of my CrossFit photos. Uh, nowadays, I'm just trying to post a lot of like my personal life stuff, as well as some CrossFit photos and some of my other work, because I don't want to be known as, oh, he's the CrossFit photographer, mm. right? I want to be known as his, you know, professional photographer or entrepreneur or artist, whatever you want to call it in many different areas. He's, he, he's not only good at taking, just mm. grabbing the camera and clicking the shutter. Um, would you have like a dream gig within crossfit like something that you'd be like oh man if that came in that'd be i'd retire i don't think so um uh i mean hope hope this doesn't sound bad but i feel like i've accomplished a lot of the things that i wanted to do within crossfit um it's something that i do mostly because i love the sport i love the people around i love the community my friends are in the content creation world but it's something that I don't want to take as a full career, like to always be shooting CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I would like to, you know, still be involved somehow. But um, I'm trying to, you know, put myself in in other areas, in you know, larger industries within the filmmaking world. That you know, that I think when when I talk about like dreams in like jobs I want to do, it's mostly outside of CrossFit. But at the same time, I think CrossFit will always be a part of like things that I do because I really, I really feel a strong connection with the community. What are we talking? Are we talking like a phone call from the PGA saying, I "Hey, mean, we need, we need you." That'll be that'll be pretty cool. But I mean, it can be you know a documentary about uh, somebody or or a music band that I'm very into, you know, stuff like that. Blink, blink what it, you're talking about? Blink what it, I'm one hundred. 100% talking about Blink-182, but <laughs> I'm saying overall, uh, I've always been very, that that's kind of my, my, my background was in music. I've always been very into the whole idea of eventually making a, some sort of documentary for a musician or something like that. So that'll be probably, if you ask me right now, like, hey, what'll be your dream job in the next three years? It'll probably be something like that, have a crew of people and follow a band or a musician for two years and making a documentary um i heard someone on the radio a few weeks ago talking about that band and one person said that the band is actually called blink 182 and one person said the band is called 182 and then one absolute fucking psychopath said no it's <laughs> it's blink 182 now okay i'll tell you the whole story they were called blink and yeah. an Irish band in 1995 sued them because they were called Blink. Huge Irish and, band, major, <laughs> big, big wave makers. Never heard of them. Yeah, it's uh, it was like a techno band kind of, 
yeah. and they chose a name. They chose, I mean, they changed the name to uh, 182, but the the actual name it's Blink 182, and whenever they travel to Europe, they will say Blink um, 182. So that's the way they call it in Europe and Australia. Ideally, uh, especially in Australia, they call it Blink 182, but it's Blink 182. Is that that's just because Australians can't count past 10, so they just use it as three separate digits? I don't know, but I think it was something starting in Australia, then it moved to Europe, and then... Yeah. That, but it's 182. <laughs> yeah, no, I because I always have 182, and then they were talking about it on the radio, they were debating it, and I was like, why is this even a debate? It is 182. It's always yeah, it been is. 182. And they were like, no, it's 182. And then this fucking moron was like, it's actually 182? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, that, that no one's way, way off. <laughs> <laughs> no way it is. Um, okay, so next up then you've got uh hopefully pasadena hopefully um and then any visits in between there are you going anywhere between that and the games yeah i have um i'm going back to vermont to hlpo in june and then some um smaller projects here and there nothing really nothing really big um i've been doing a lot of work too for oh well i guess that's actually after a game so yeah no um yeah it's gonna be probably mostly local stuff with my just keep growing my social media business doing some episodes doing some local work but when it comes to traveling i'm definitely trying to take some time off traveling the first the first quarter of the of the year was pretty pretty crazy when it comes to traveling i don't want to i don't want to burn out yeah that's fair um devesh you're just on time we're literally just about to finish up um this uh, I wanted to show this at the end. So Corey says people love Carlos because he's a good dude, super approachable. Always has a minute to chat when he's not snapping pics. Um, and part of the reason that I wanted to get you on, obviously, you're very successful um, and you're someone that I admire in the space. Um, but I was very impressed with how uh, how approachable and friendly and welcoming and everything you were when I was in Miami, where um, I just. I just was very impressed by your nature and like I was watching you with other people and you're the same with everyone. And we've talked about how high stress it is and how high pressure it is. So to be able to keep that standard of approachability and, you know, like just general personality, I think is pretty impressive when you're in that kind of environment. Um, but thank you for coming on. It's been great to get to talk to you. Um, and maybe we'll catch up again after the games, see how things are going. Um, I'll be in Madison. So we'll, we'll see each other in Madison. I'll, sure, sure. I'll wave at you through the bleacher. I'll look down through the bleachers when you're editing on your little laptop. No, dude, I, I really appreciate the the kind words. Um, I feel like it's it's important for everybody to, I mean, it obviously it's a high stress situation, but at the same time, we're all we're all there with similar goals. So you know, it's it's always good to be nice to everybody. Of course, I uh, there are some points that we're probably <laughs> gonna be very stressed out and maybe not the best of like, comes out out of us, but I feel like that's something I really take into consideration, just trying to, you know, uh, be nice to everybody and respectful and and approachable because at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, like with the whole podcast thing, I feel like it's it's kind of like a passion to help people. And like, I mean, of course, I I can only help them so much, but it, it's it's cool to to be approachable to a point that people feel confident to ask you questions about their career. And mm. at the same time, you're like, well, I don't want to make, you know, career decisions for you about quitting your job, but <laughs> yeah, but this, hey, will buy this $4,000 worth of equipment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but dude, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having me. I, I look up to you too. Like I love, I love what you do with the podcast. I love what you do for the community. I mean, you have incredible people here and 
you're one of those that just keeps elevating the the standards of like you know uh what this industry is about what the the community is about and just you know you supporting our content creators i've i've seen a lot of them that you've had here it's just something that i know um everybody in the in the industry really appreciates so i absolutely love what you're doing Thanks. Um, I appreciate that. I'll delete it from the audio episode though, because I don't do well with compliments. Um, but thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Um, it's been a, it's been great to get to talk to you.